Today on the Locked On Hornets podcast, I am live on YouTube answering your questions. We're going to be talking about the future rankings that ESPN released, uh, plus the Hornets finish out their preseason slate against the Boston Celtics. I'll give you a few notes on that. And the Swarm the Polls uh, initiative is back by the Hornets. I want to tell you about that. Very important stuff on today's Locked On Hornets. Let's get it. You are Locked On Hornets, your daily Charlotte Hornets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team Every day. Uh, in a minute, cuz we lie. We lie. What's going on, you fine folks out there in Charlotte, Hornets land? This is Locked On Hornets. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks so much for making Locked On Hornets your first listen. I know we're not your only listen, but the fact that you make us your first listen every single day uh, is special. It means something to us. We are free and daily wherever you get podcasts, including YouTube. I'm Doug Branson. Uh, you can find my work on my Substack, everyhornetsboxscore.com. I'm going to be doing game notes on tonight's final preseason game against the Boston Celtics, so you can catch those. Plus, I open up a chat on that Every Hornets Box Score site for every single game. So join the community. It's fantastic. You can also find me on Subtext. Join subtext.com forward slash Locked on Hornets. It's 1v1 access. I've really been enjoying the community there. You get uh, my depraved Hornets thoughts in your text application, whatever application that may be. So join me on there. I'm typically joined by Walker Mail. You can find him on WFNZ, where you can listen to um, all the regular season Hornets games will be on WFNZ if you want to listen to those. Uh, So this, he's not here today, by the way. He's uh, gone on his, I think it's his final wedding trip of the wedding season. Uh, So just as his wedding season is wrapping up, perfectly timed with the beginning of the regular season for the Charlotte Hornets, um, that's all great. And and we didn't do an episode this morning, and I want to talk about that because the show's been a little wonky lately, and this is not going to be a normal show. The Locked On Podcast Network, um, if they happen upon this episode, uh, might not be pleased with the format uh, because I might go a little long here because I want to hang out with you guys because we didn't deliver a show for you this morning because of technical issues. Uh, And uh, those issues are related to life issues and life and Hornets are converging at this time. And and it's meant some things for the show. So I want to get into that. But before I do, we are live on YouTube right now. I want to shout out a few folks who are joining us live here at 342 Eastern time. Uh, Brandon, I've already shouted you out. Topo, what's going on? Uh, You just subbed to the Substack. Thank you very much. Thank you for supporting uh, what we do here. Uh, It supports Locked On Hornets when you join up with every Hornets box score as well. Big Ray says, yo, yo, Big Ray, what's going on? Topo. Uh, LA Love Sir says, I was just watching the latest vid. Well, welcome to the latest, latest vid. This is as latest as you can get. We are live here talking about the Hornets. Uh, Donald says tank for Ron Holland. Oh my God, we can't talk tank right now. We got to talk regular season. We got, we haven't even gotten into game one. You're talking tank. I can't do it. Uh, Chris says the metaverse episode was an all timer. Uh, yeah, that, I mean, it was fantastic. So the Hornets have a metaverse now. I think it's hornets.world and, uh, you can go there. It's, it's essentially just a virtual fan shop. Um, but I did an episode from there. Uh, and that was that was a good time. Uh, I think my computer hasn't been the same since. I'll tell you that. Uh, I've had to reset it a couple of times. 
The, and, and I don't know if it was the metaverse or not. And it might not have been the metaverse. It might have been me trying to record from the metaverse and put it on the air. I think that was the issue. I don't think there was inherently anything wrong with the metaverse. Uh, but it uh, put a hurting on my computer. QCT says, Hive Live, what's going on? Mr. Purple Tornado, howdy. Uh, Joaquin Lepe says, so much content. That's what we do here. Every Hornets box score, subtext, locked on Hornets every day. We're talking Hornets. I want to get into these ESPN future rankings, but just real quickly, why has the show been a little wonky? Maybe you've noticed it uh, sometimes. You know, we, we do aim for consistency. It's Walker and I, and that's typically how it is. Sometimes we'll bring guests in, but you know, you turn on YouTube and you get your notification or you turn on your podcast app and it's typically Walker and I. Lately, as we get closer to this regular season, uh, sometimes I'm not here. Sometimes Walker's not here. And uh, a couple of things are going on. One, uh, and and some people who are on every Hornets box score or the subtags know this about me, but my dog died. And it was brutal on the family. Nine years old. Been with us a long time. Connected with the podcast. We named him Hugo um, after Hugo the Hornet. Uh, we acquired uh, the dog when he was just a little puppy. And we did so because I was living um, in Nashville, Tennessee at the time. I am now. Uh, but in between that time, we moved to Charlotte for five years. And the reason we moved to Charlotte is because the podcast was taking off. It wasn't Locked on Hornets at the time. We were calling it uh, Hive Talk Live. And we had joined up with the SB Nation blog at the Hive because the Hornets name was coming back. We had started the podcast. We started this podcast in, in its different iterations talking about the Charlotte Bobcats, believe it or not. And then all of a sudden, and we did it before we knew the Hornets name was coming back. And then the Hornets name came back and there was a lot of excitement and people were interested in doing podcasts, podcasts. When we started the podcast in 2013, podcasts were not really a thing. It was, it was even more niche than it is right now. Uh, but it certainly wasn't popular. People weren't writing articles about podcasting. But it was starting to get attention, and our podcast in particular was starting to get attention because the name was coming back. And so we decided to move from Nashville back to Charlotte, North Carolina. And in that process, uh, we got a puppy. And so uh, we said farewell to the puppy, and that was that's that was difficult. And so that that put a wrinkle into some of the regular season plans. Um, and alongside of that, my, uh, you know, just life has been converging with podcasts. Uh, I have a baby. I don't know if you know that. I don't know if I've ever said that on the show before. Um, and the, the, the baby got sick, nothing, nothing major, just normal baby sickness. And the, the, uh, producer Katie has uh, been away on work. And so, you know, solo dad game. I used to, I, you know, I used to work full time for the lockdown podcast network and I stopped doing that because I wanted to spend more time with my kiddo. I wanted to make, I wanted to really pursue Locked On Hornets and all the other freelance stuff that I do, and and I wanted to set up a situation where I could live life and work. And so I decided to not do a full time thing and do a freelance thing and spend more time with the kid. And the thing, and and I think this is a particularly interesting time to talk about this because you've got all this stuff coming up about shams and. Sham Sharania, who is the newsbreaker um, extraordinaire alongside Woj. And there's been profiles of, of how he lives his life in order to be one of the two people that you look to for NBA news. And a lot of people read the profile and went, this, this sounds miserable. This sounds like a miserable way to live your life. And, and I read it and I thought that. And, but I've thought that for a long time, not just about Woj or Shams, but anyone who completely devotes their life to a career or a thing, it sounds miserable. And, and I'm not judging it. 
I'm just saying that's how it comes across to me. And I didn't want to live my life that way. And so I made a decision to, to merge life and work in a way that sometimes gets messy. And so it just happens to be very messy uh, right as we get into the regular season. Luckily, I think things are calming down. And that's going to mean good things for the show. And we are planning major future things for the show and for every Hornets box score and for subtext. So I just wanted to talk about that because... I really view our community here as pretty tight knit. I mean, I'm talking one-on-one -on -one with a lot of you in, in your texts app, in my text app. Um, and so, and we do these lives and we do sicko satchel and we just have a very tight knit community. And so I wanted to pull back the curtain a little bit in, in a way that lets you know that like, we're, we're working hard here to make this thing as, as big as it can be. And, and as, as something that, you can count on to deliver Hornets news every day, which is not, not a, an easy task, but one that we're super proud that we've been able to provide for a number of years now. And really, I mean, nobody's been able to do it. We're the only daily podcast on the Charlotte Hornets. There are a lot, there are a lot more podcasts now on the Charlotte Hornets than there used to be, but nobody has dared be sick enough <laughs> to get on these airwaves and talk about this team every single day. Um, and, but we enjoy doing it and we have great sponsors, uh, that have allowed us to do that. And I'll tell you about a few of those in, um, just a moment, uh, back to the chat here. What time's the game? Uh, all, great, uh, a great question by Joaquin. The game tonight is at seven o'clock Eastern. Uh, you can check it out on Bally sports. I also saw that it's on NBA TV. So if you've got NBA TV as part of your leaks pass subscription, even if you're in Charlotte, you might be able to watch it. It all gets very confusing to me. I'm not sure, but it is also on NBA TV tonight uh, by virtue of the fact that they're playing the Celtics, which is a uh, more popular team uh, that they tend to put on NBA TV in the preseason. Okay, but but before we move on to anything else, I do want to talk about these uh, future rankings that ESPN put out. They put these out every year. The Hornets don't tend to be at the top or even the middle of these future rankings. They haven't. They haven't been in the playoffs in seven seasons. <laughs> it's the longest playoff drought in the NBA. And so you're not going to be at the top of future rankings unless you do something such that people believe that you have a future. Uh, I'm sure that I, I had to look it up, but I'm sure after 2016 when they made the playoffs, they were not at the bottom of the future rankings. The future looked bright, and then Nick the Nick Batum deal fell apart, and and they, you know, careen back towards the bottom. But let's talk about where they are right now. For the second season in a row, the Charlotte Hornets are ranked 29th in ESPN's future rankings. And I'm just going to quickly scroll down where they rank because they have different categories here. So they're 29th overall, second to last. The Wizards, the only team worse at this point. Players, they're tied for 27th in the NBA according to this panel of ESPN experts that put these together every year. Management is dead last at 30th. Not only are they 30th, not only is management 30th, which I think management includes ownership, front office, and coaching. Not only is management 30th, but th the ranking is based on a score out of 100. And out of 100, these ESPN folks gave management a score of, are you ready for it? One, one <laughs> out of a hundred. Uh, James Plowright uh, on Twitter uh, said that that's the, he, he did the research and said that that's the lowest rank. That's the lowest score in the history of these rankings. Um, so 
We'll get to that in a moment. I want to finish telling you where they rank and everything. So ninth in money. That's because they've got, uh, they will have a lot of it over the next couple of years as Gordon's deal comes off the books, as Terry's deal comes off the books. They are going to have money. Will they spend it? How will they spend it? I think the the answer to both of those questions, or at least the projected answer to both of those questions, can clue you in on why they feel like they are dead last in management. In terms of market, they're tied for 28. That's never going to change. Charlotte is never going to be viewed as a major market in contention with uh, the LAs and New Yorks and Chicago's. You know, maybe it makes some movement up towards the middle if if they start winning playoff series. Okay, but you know, in terms of size of city. I love Charlotte. I love Charlotte because it's ranked 28th, honestly. I mean, I love the the big city, small town feel that you get, and I loved it when I lived in Charlotte. But that's that just is what it is. Um, now, do I think, like management, do I think that that market um, issue is such a burden on the franchise that they can't possibly, you know, work trades or convince players to stay here? No. Players that come here, in fact, players that come to this city love being in this city. They love it. Kimba stayed here. Kimba, you know, everyone waxes poetic because because these players love the fact that you can live in the city, you can walk around and nobody bothers you. That's an advantage. You can sell that if you want to, if you try, if you actually attempt to do so. Yeah, you might have to trade and hold a certain player hostage for a year and make that make, you know, make that case. But you can't do it if you don't try. And finally, the final category here is draft. And they ranked them 13th. And so a lot of this aligns with what we've been talking about for a long time on the show as it concerns Mitch Kupchak and company, that draft-wise, there have been some successes. I wouldn't say major successes. because You have one all-star from LaMelo Ball, uh, but you haven't had some of these draft picks you know, ascend into all-NBA status yet. So there have been some successes. Recent, most recently, I mean, Mark Williams, uh, John Hollinger of The Athletic just recently named um, Mark Williams as his breakout candidate, and I agree, for the Charlotte Hornets. You know, obviously, LaMelo Ball, they struck gold there. and But they've also had some second-round successes. JT Thor looks like he's going to get some major rotation minutes. Uh, Cody Martin, before the injuries, was a big success story. They, they've made some good moves in the draft, but they've also had some pretty high-profile failures. It would be interesting to see where they would have ranked them in the draft pre the news about Kai Jones and the release of Kai Jones and before everything happened with James Booknight. You had had those two things not happen. Had let's just say James Booknight and Kai Jones were in the were fighting for a rotation spot or one of them was in the rotation. You might you might say they'd be top 10 in the draft. Cuz how much did that hurt them? Uh, but there have been some successes and some high profile failures. Um, but overall, I think management is 30th because of inaction, because of the fact that they have a lot of money coming up in the next few years is by virtue of the fact that they have not invested in, in, the, in the veteran talent necessary to actually compete for a playoff spot. And then once you get there, compete for the playoffs. They have depended on the draft, which has had some successes and failures. They've depended on that to be their major source of sort of player influx. And they, they've they've banked on those players all being successful in order to vault them into contender status. 
Well, number one, that takes a lot of time. Like players take three or four years before you find out if they're going to be any good or not. And then if one or two of those don't hit, especially in your first round, and you don't make any other moves, then you're going to set yourself back. You're going to set your future back. Um, so, you know, and I think obviously what's going on right now with Kai Jones, James Booknight, the the off-the-court stuff, Miles Bridges, all of that's going to color what uh, these pundits and what the experts for ESPN, how they view the franchise. There's no question that there is an indication that there's a culture building within this organization that is not positive. Now, the one there is one positive, and that positive is that there is a new ownership group in Charlotte, and with that comes the potential for sea change, for there to be a new direction. We have just yet to see it. And, and I think when the, the new owners, uh, Rick Schnall and Gabe Plotkin, had their first press conference and, and said, essentially, steady as she goes. We're going to see what this season brings. And they came in, they sort of, the deal got done to transfer the majority ownership of the franchise from Michael Jordan to these two very late in the offseason. I don't know that there was really time to make a major change. And so they said, steady as she goes. And as soon as they said that, I knew like, okay, well, they're not going to be high in the future rankings until something is done, until an agenda is set that is different from the agenda that has led to seven straight seasons of not making the playoffs, of 21 years of not winning a playoff series. Until that agenda changes, until a direction for this franchise is laid out that is not same old, same old, that is clear, that is bold, that is sold not only to fans, but also to the media, it is, is communicated in such a way. When Michael Jordan bought controlling interest of the Bobcats, like days later, there was a major write-up in the Charlotte Observer, an interview between Rick Bennell and Michael Jordan, where Jordan laid out his image and defended himself from accusations of being cheap, <laughs> which is kind of funny to think about now. But he laid his vision out. I think we've yet to see that. And I think we've, and there were profiles done, you know, around the time that the press conference was happened. But I don't think that we've been presented that, that vision yet. Um, and we'll see. And I think if, if the season does not get off on the right foot, then you're going to see that vision um, sooner rather than later. One. Today's episode is brought to you by Jace Medical and the Jace Case. There's a lot of uncertainty in the world today, and it's important to be prepared. You can be prepared with the Jace Case. It's a personalized emergency medication kit that contains five essential antibiotics that treat the most common and deadly bacterial infections. You can also customize your case and add additional life-saving medication based on your or your family's unique needs. And Jace is continually working to expand their medication offerings. All it takes to get a Jace case is to fill out a simple online form and in some cases, jump on a quick call with one of Jace's board-certified physicians. Get ongoing care from their physicians on any treatment-related questions. Doctor created, doctor recommended. Don't get caught unprepared. Go to jacemedical.com, enter code LOCKEDON, all one word, at checkout for a $20 discount on your order. That's promo code LOCKEDON at jacemedical.com, J-A-S-E medical.com. Com. More Locked On Hornets ahead. Welcome back into Locked On Hornets. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. We are live on YouTube and we've got a lot of great 
uh, listener questions, viewer questions here on YouTube. And I'm going to answer this. I'm biased. I'm biased because my guy, Phantom999, bringing up JT Thor, and I am the president, the founder of the More Thor movement. Somebody busted in the comments and said that Walker was the founder of the More Thor movement, spreading fake news, spreading false information on our YouTube channel. I planted the flag on JT Thor before anybody. And Phantom999 wants to know, JT, sixth man of the year, what do you think? That is a, talk about a bold vision. That is a bold vision for JT Thor. I think that Brandon Miller has an opportunity to make, to get into the conversation of sixth man of the year before JT Thor because Brandon's going to have more opportunities to score. And the sixth man of the year in the NBA has become a scoring award, a score if you will. Uh, and so there haven't been a lot of six man of the year that have really taken into account the full, you know, both sides of the ball. And, and the person that's been six man of the year typically has the ball in their hands a lot, which I think Brandon Miller will have the opportunity to do that. What could ruin his six man of the year campaign is Gordon Hayward getting hurt because then he automatically becomes starter. But here's a take for you. I think that Brandon Miller has a better shot at being six man of the year than he does rookie of the year. It's weird, I know, but I think Rookie of the Year, I mean, if you've watched anything from Wemby, I watched him last night, uh, the Wemby versus Chet a few nights ago. Uh, I think Scoot's going to have the ball in his hands so much, but they're all going to be starters, okay? And so I think Brandon Miller has an opportunity coming off the bench. They're going to look for him for a lot of offense because I don't know if you've watched the bench play. Yes, there have been some injuries. You know, what happens when... Cody Martin gets healthy and Teo gets healthy. You know, that bench may look a little bit different. But those are all still question marks as to whether when, whether and when those guys get healthy. And so Brandon Miller, I think they're going to look to him for a lot of offense. And so I think he has the opportunity there. JT Thor is going to be an important piece for this team. But they're going to use him like a bench wrench, like a Swiss Army knife. He's going to be doing a lot of different things. You know, you want him to score, you know, six to nine points. Nice a game hitting threes from the corner occasionally and then just focusing on the defensive end of the floor and and helping to rebound as well. Um, but he's not going to be a primary focus of the offense, so I don't think he's going to be in line for the sixth man of the year award. Uh, Joaquin says, uh, good test of the defense tonight. Um, absolutely. It's going to be a, de- a great test of both sides of the ball tonight against the Boston Celtics. That'll lead us into the Boston Celtics preview. It's going to be a good test on both sides of the ball because Boston's defense – is one of the best switching defenses in the NBA. And so that puts a ton of pressure on your offense to score one-on-one. And so, and that's going to break down what you want to do on your, you know, pick and roll opportunities because you're not going to have those two-on-one situations that may find guys open in the corner, uh, that may find Mark Williams rolling to the rim. It's going to be inherent on LaMelo Ball to protect the basketball, to make great decisions with the ball in his hands uh, because there's a lot of guys on this team that can steal and they have some bigger bodies towards the rim that can can protect the rim, that know how to do that. Al Horford, Christoph Porzingis still has a little bit of defense left in the tank, at least around the rim. And there's a, there's a lot of size there. And so they've got to make good rim decisions. Last season, they made very poor rim decisions, even when they were healthy. Even during that stretch, when they looked a little bit better defensively, like right around the All-Star break when LaMelo came back, 
even then they had issues offensively running that pick and roll. And that's going to be LaMelo's biggest challenge this year, prove that he can run the pick and roll effectively. Because over the course of his career, even in his all-star season, and even in his rookie of the year season, his pick and roll numbers as a ball handler, not good, very inefficient. He's got to prove that he can be a better pick and roll um, decision maker, particularly for himself when he decides he's going to score, um, that he can get closer to the rim, that he can stay close to the rim for longer without putting up a quick shot. Uh, those are the kind of decisions he's got to make. And I think this, you know, at least in the first half, we're going to get a good look at that. Now, on the other side of the ball, uh, Boston's offense, um, they play five out. And they play like legitimate five out. Because I think there are teams that say they're five out because their center can hit a three every once in a while. Uh, but all, you know, nearly every single big that Boston throws at you, and they they just ditched Robert Williams, uh, Time Lord, who wasn't, you know, a great three-point shooter. He was a sort of defensive-minded big. They ditched him. But like nearly every big that Celtic, the Celtics throw at you can extend you defensively. Luckily for the Hornets, now they have a center core in Mark Williams and Nick Richards that can deal with that. They don't, they don't have the concrete feet uh, that don't allow them to switch themselves up top or hedge or just give that guard an opportunity in pick-and-roll situations to defend a three-point shooter. So it's going to be a test on both sides of the ball. Joaquin uh, bringing up a great point there. Let's check the chat again, scrolling. Um, Phantom says, time to see if we can defend and score on an Eastern Conference team. And hopefully Boston takes this game seriously. OKC decided to rest everyone. Jason Tatum did a lot of talk in the offseason, <laughs> very publicly, about not taking nights off against Charlotte. So we'll see if he puts his money where his mouth is when we get the injury report and uh, see how many absences Boston decides to throw out. Like, obviously, you don't want anyone to get hurt. They're a contender, so they're probably even going to be more keen on not getting guys hurt. But at the same time, I'd love to see at least a first half that is more uh, conducive to, you know, or, or more, uh, you know, will show us what we expect to see in those first couple of regular season games. I hope to see that. We might get Gordon Hayward back, which I think um, would be a step in that right direction because then you get to see Gordon a starter. You get to see what Brandon Miller can do off the bench to help some of this bench offense um, figure itself out. I think it was good to see Brandon Miller in a starting role, get him that experience in the preseason, but I don't think there's any doubt in my mind that if Gordon Hayward is healthy, Steve Clifford is going to opt to start Gordon Hayward to start the season, and then that will evolve as the season goes on most likely into Brandon Miller taking over as the starting small forward, whether that means Gordon Hayward gets traded or whether it means, you know, he assumes um, a bench role. Uh, so most important thing, though, is no one gets hurt. No more ankle injuries. Everybody stays healthy. Let's get to the regular season before we have to endure any of that kind of pain. It will be a tough test for Mark Williams uh, because the, because there is size. And, and I want to see more of that. I want to see what Mark Williams does when he has to defend the rim, not against guards. He's been good at making sure that guards stay away from the rim, and that's super important. But I want to see if Boston challenges him to defend the rim inside against players with decent size, because I think they do want to make you go five out, but they're not afraid uh, to get points in the paint either with some of those bigs. Also, a, a someone that is making their debut tonight for the Charlotte Hornets, or at least looks to, is Leaky Black, a guy we haven't really talked a lot about because – there hasn't been a lot to talk about. He wasn't featured in summer league very much 
And when he was, uh, he didn't take many shots, didn't make many shots, just wasn't somebody um, that was very uh, noticeable or notable out there. Um, but, you know, UNC product and the Hornets obviously feel like um, he can be a future 3 and D prospect in the league. I don't expect him to crack the rotation really at all this season, but is an important swarm stash for the Charlotte Hornets, and we'll see if he can develop into something that they could maybe take a look at uh, later this season or maybe next season. But Leaky Black will get an opportunity. I hope he's aggressive. I hope we see a little bit more Leaky because I just – I really would love to like give you a lot of analysis here on what he's been able to do so far, but because of uh, the uh, because of injuries, really, I think both in summer league and leading up into this preseason, we just haven't gotten an opportunity to check him out. Um, so it'll be a good game, I think, um, a good opportunity for the Hornets to see what they can do against a team with a lot of talent. Oh, the other thing is that you get Jason Tatum if he plays. You get to hopefully see him guarded by Brandon Miller, maybe along, at least alongside Brandon Miller, because all of the top ceiling projections for Brandon Miller seemingly have focused on this comp to Jason Tatum. So it'll be good, I think, to see what he looks like next to prime, uh, next to prime Jason Tatum. So all of that will be good. All right. Coming up on the Locked On Hornets podcast, we are going to talk about an initiative that the Hornets are ramping back up. It's called Swarm the Polls. I'm a big voting guy, love to vote, and so I want to tell you about that, and then we'll take more of your questions and comments as we wrap up this edition of Locked On Hornets. I've got an exciting announcement. I talked about early in the show that we were cooking up some future stuff, and part of that future stuff that we're really excited to break out for the regular season, it's coming up in the regular season, is something that we want to do in concert with FanDuel. And FanDuel has sponsored this podcast for a long time now. Snap into action uh, this NFL and NBA season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. And if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is super easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn, all one word, and kick off the NFL season and kick off the NBA season with FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. And I will tell you what we'll be doing and using FanDuel to do on this show coming up next. Stick around. Back here, final segment on the Locked On Hornets podcast. I'm live on YouTube right now, taking your questions and comments. Hit us up on the chat um, if you want those questions and comments answered. Um, Thank you so much for everybody uh, joining here on the live. We've got a more Thor from Alex. Love it. I think we're going to see more. I don't know how much more, but I think, especially with the Cody Martin injury, you know, JT Thor is a little bit bigger now, but I think he still looks pretty spry. Still looks like he can move around. So I think you can use him as a possible two, three, four versatile defender piece that can make up for the fact that we don't know when the Hornets are going to be able to utilize Cody Martin. And Alex Alexander saying, thank you for your energy, Mr. Branson. Well, listen, I legitimately love talking about the Hornets. I do. I wouldn't do this every day if I didn't. Uh, I don't know why I do. Uh, I think it has to do with the fact that they were my first love in terms of sports as a kid. Um, I 
uh, was lower middle class, so I did not get to attend as many of the games in the Coliseum as maybe some of my friends, as maybe you got an opportunity to do. But I still have special memories of my little portable television that was black and white and had the antenna UHF or VHF, tune it to UHF, channel 64, WAXN, pick up the Hornets game, watch Glenn Rice and Vladdy Dottie do it with Steve Martin on the call. I mean, those are important memories. I think, you know, I have a baby and I think about the memories that she will generate um, as it pertains to whatever, whatever she's interested in, music, sports, whatever, you know, th- th- developing those memories is such a organic process. Like no one forced the Hornets on me as a kid. No one said, uh, my, my parents weren't big, like, like super big NBA fans at all. Uh, no one forced it on me. I found them and it was, and, and, and it was such a joyous thing. And so I think about that with my own, now that I have my own spawn, I think about her journey into whatever that is for her and how exciting that will be. And I want to be careful. Like I want her to like the Hornets who doesn't like, who doesn't want their kid to like the things that they like, but I'm also trying to be careful. Not, and she's not really old enough to absorb it, but I'm reminding myself, Hey, when she does get to that point, when she can take all of that in, be careful, you know, don't sometimes you force things on kids and then they go, no rejected because you're the adults. And I am, I'm naturally rebelling against you. I did that with my parents. My dad, my dad was a racing fan and he was a big Dale Earnhardt fan. And so I was a Jeff Gordon fan because just, just the natural thing, the kids, you know, they have to uh, show their independence in, in a variety of ways. And so anyway, that's me waxing poetic about my thoughts on on fatherhood. Um, I want to talk about something that's as important as parenthood, and that's voting. Uh, I got a press release here from the Charlotte Hornets. They are continuing to encourage fans to swarm the polls with 2023 local elections set for November 7th. Local Charlotte elections are coming up, and the Hornets are involved with their swarm the polls campaign. They've got a website, hornets.com forward slash go dash vote, which contains a variety of information and resources for voters in Mecklenburg County starting tomorrow. So if you're wondering, where do I vote? How do I vote? What do I need? You can go to this website and get information that will help you. They're going to be doing tours across the community that uh, will deliver information, provide voter education, and help individuals register to vote. Uh, The tour is going to stop at Johnson & Wales University on Thursday, October 19th. That's today. And Johnson C. Smith University on Thursday, October 26th. That would be the better information. Uh, From 11 a.m. to 2 o'clock. So 11 a.m. to 2 o'clock, Johnson C. Smith University, Thursday, October 26th. Uh, The Hornets will be out encouraging folks to vote. Voting, super important especially local elections, because those are the things that get your street fixed, that get that sign posted that you want posted, that make living more comfortable. And not a lot of people pay attention to local elections. So if you vote in local elections, your voice actually matters more. I know there's this tendency with voting to think like, well, my vote doesn't matter. President, you know, I mean, who cares? I'm one of you know, 30 million people to vote. But in local elections, like a thousand people come out sometimes. It's crazy because, you know, districts are small. You know, the the local election districts are small and not a lot of people care about these elections. So if you even care a little bit, um, it goes a long way. So please, I encourage you 
to get the information, hornets.com forward slash go dash vote. I'm super passionate about this because um, I think just civically, it's it's our, our one opportunity to make a, a difference in things that happen to people that in our neighborhood. Um, and, and, you know, I think it's difficult sometimes to get your head wrapped around to some of the bigger issues in our country and in the world. And how do I, you feel helpless, but like local elections are something that if you get even just a little bit involved into, you actually have a chance to make a difference. If you email the person that is in, that is in charge of your district, you can actually get something done that will actually make your life a little bit more comfortable. Okay. Now that's two straight soapboxes. Um, that I've been on in this third and final segment. I do want to tell you about the segment that I was previewing as part of the FanDuel uh, partnership that we have with Locked On. And so here's what I want to do. I want to create a segment called Bet the Buzz, and it's going to be a competition segment between myself, Walker, and I think we got David uh, Walker on board as well. And we it, it's going to involve basketball-painted ping-pong balls that are drawn out of a hat, uh, that will dictate how we bet on the buzz using FanDuel. And we're going to compete with each other on a weekly basis. And all the money is going to go to charities, uh, local charities of our choosing. So more details on that. Uh, but we are going to have a lot of fun with it. And we're hopefully going to raise a lot of money for charity here in Charlotte. And we're going to do a little bet- betting, a little competition. It'll be a lot, like a little fantasy competition. Uh, as we try to bet on the buzz, which let me just say, I tracked if Vegas was on the mark with how the Hornets were going to perform, you know, just looking at the line and how the Hornets performed. And I'll just tell you, Vegas has no idea what to do with the Charlotte Hornets. I warned people all last season, don't bet on the Charlotte Hornets because just when you think they're going to get smacked, they smack. And just when you think they're going to smack, they get smacked. And it's very in Vegas, it's not even just it's the sharps. It's not even just us marks, us dupes who are out there, you know, shilling out. It's it's the people that are supposed to know all this stuff. They have no idea what what to do with the Charlotte Hornets. The Charlotte Hornets are the enigma wrapped in a mystery, tossed behind your refrigerator. And I don't expect that to change. I really don't, because they're a young team. And that's what young teams do. That is why young teams traditionally don't make the playoffs because to make the playoffs, it requires a level of consistency of play, of purpose of play. You hear Steve Clifford talk about this all the time. It just requires a certain amount of that and a little bit of je ne sais quoi, a little bit of I don't know what, that that all mixes together. And you get a better chance of that when you have players that have been doing it for five to 10 years in the league. But when your team is depending on big minutes from players that have played less than that, then sometimes your performance is going to fluctuate, sometimes wildly. And that's what we've seen over the past couple of seasons of, of Charlotte basketball. Now, if in the first 25 games of the regular season, you start to see a performance that does, that maybe they win, maybe they lose, but you see in the performances a level of consistency. Because you you can go out and perform a certain way and 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 attack a, a opposing team a certain way and play a certain way and still lose the game. That's that's the NBA. There's a lot of talent on every single team you play every single night. But you know, for the past couple of seasons, you've heard us come on. If you've been paying attention to the show during the regular season, we'll come on and sometimes we'll say, "Yeah, right effort, 
great intensity, played played with a lot of purpose, executed their attack, and then sometimes we'll jump on the show and say, man, they just didn't have it. Teams that make the playoffs rarely come out, even on a Wednesday night in February, they don't come out with like, well, they just didn't have it. Maybe the other team shot better than they did. Maybe they fouled a little too much. Maybe there's certain other things that went wrong in a game that caused them to lose. Um, but rarely do they just not have it. And I think that that tends to happen with younger teams than it does veteran teams. So we'll see uh, maybe if they can change that. If Steve Clifford, I think that's going to be his major challenge for um, the season. Uh, but so that's what we're excited about here on the show. We're going to do Bet the Buzz. I'm really excited to do more lives as we get into the regular season. I really want to utilize that. And then um, as part of the subtext, I want to start doing more film analysis on some of these quarters, kind of breaking things down, slowing down the game tape, talking about what I see. Um, I've been watching basketball a long time. I don't, I don't purport to be some like X's and O's genius, um, but I've watched a lot of basketball and I pay a lot of attention. And so I, I think it could be a fun endeavor uh, to jump in and do that. So if you haven't checked out subtext, it's cool. Uh, you get a 14-day free trial, so you can see what it's all about. I text nearly every day, and you know I blast out stuff to everyone. And then if you reply back, I try as best I can to do the one-on-one conversation because that's the cool part for me is talking one-on-one, getting your thoughts. People share a lot on the subtext. Sometimes they break news to me because you know I'm all over the place. I'm tr- I'm not shams. I'm not like constantly attached to my phone looking for the breaking news. So sometimes they break news to me, but most of the time I'm sharing um, what I'm finding out with you. Uh, so let's go back to the chat one more time. Uh, Thick says, realistically, what do you think JT Thor can be this season? Bench wrench. The Hornets constantly get beat by bench wrenches. The Davies Bertans of the world. Uh, I'm trying to think of other bench wrenches off the top of my head, but they get beat by these guys. I want JT Thor to be the bench wrench, the guy that can come in and go, whoa, how did he score 17? And, and if his shot making is a little bit better this season, I think there's potential. And he's also one of the players that can help with the Hornets deficiency in two-way play that they've had for many years. It started to get a little bit better at the end of last season. I think JT Thor can be a big part of establishing the defensive identity for this team. It's not something that people are going to like talk a lot about. It's not something that people are going to notice and write a lot about, but it's something that is key to helping Uh, get this team into some kind of serious playing contention. I think JT Thor can be a huge uh, part of that. A lot of JT Thor questions. You guys know me. My audience knows me. They know what I want to talk about. (laughs) Uh, KZK Productions um, said, what do you think about LaMelo's play this preseason? Will he be better this year or will he hit a bit of a plateau? So I think that we've seen... 75% 75% to 80% LaMelo this preseason. I don't think he's he's quite back. And he, he sort of, I, I think, gave us an indication that that was going to be the case. Uh, you know, he was rehabbing an injury this offseason. I think he's 100% healthy, at least as in regards to the ankle stuff. But I think in terms of getting his conditioning back, getting his groove back, getting his rhythm back, that to me, that and, and this is just what I've heard other players say, that a lot of that only comes back when you start to get five-on-five action, when you start to really ramp things up for the regular season. Sometimes it doesn't come back until you get a couple of regular season games under your belt, until you get that like true NBA game speed. Now, I'm sure he's getting a little bit of that in the preseason, so hopefully we see it tonight, where we see, like, okay, you know, this guy's running with the... I just haven't seen the LaMelo aggressiveness 
Um, and his shot's got to go down. You know, his shot hasn't gone down um, as well as I'm sure he would like. And I think that's when you start to see people criticize LaMelo's shot selection. It's because the shots aren't going in. Because it's the same shot selection. His shot selection has been what his shot selection has been. And he's been one of the best deep three-point shooters in the league. He was like top three last year in deep three-pointers. That's an asset to the team. That extends defenses. That's a unique thing on a team that doesn't have a lot of unique things. So when I see people criticize the shot selection, I'm like, look, if it goes in, you're not going to be criticizing the shot selection. And there have been periods of time in his uh, short stint with the Hornets when it's gone in and it's gone in a lot, and that really helps the Charlotte Hornets. So I hope he keeps taking those kinds of shots, even if they're uh, not shots that you would even, even in today's universe of NBA players taking a lot of threes and taking threes in transition. Um, I hope he keeps taking those shots because it's in the making of those shots that will help him ascend into all NBA territory. Uh, so I don't expect him to hit a plateau. I, I expect him to continue to progress and continue to improve. He wants to improve. He, uh, yeah, I don't know where this reputation comes from of him not being a winner. He wants to improve his game. He wants to make Charlotte a winner. Uh, I just, I, I don't know if that's like rooted in like some lingering thoughts about his father and the just being on TV and social media a lot. I don't know where that comes from, um, but I but I think he does get better. Uh, Donald saying yes, Rookie of the Year is Vic's award to lose. Miller has no shot especially with the media um, glazing over Victor Wimanyama. They love him, but, I mean, have you watched him? Like, it's freaky what he can do. It is legitimately freaky. What Brandon Miller does, to me, is like, it's super impressive that he can do some of the things that he does in terms of just, like, pass recognition, in terms of the defense and, and just knowing where to be. And 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 all those things are like, wow, I can't believe a, a, a rookie – one-year college, yes, but a rookie knows how to do some of these things. That's what's impressed Steve Clifford and the team and fans. But he ain't doing what Vic's doing. He's not doing stuff that you go, how does a body do that? Like a lot of what Brandon Miller does is like, yes, this is these are the glimpses of what you would imagine a prototypical NBA super wing. Like these are the kind of things that that player does. You're starting to see him do those things. You're seeing the flashes that if they all develop – and he gets bigger are going to mean big things for the Charlotte Hornets, but it ain't what Vic's doing. He's not, he's not seven foot four and nutmegging guards. Like that's It's crazy. It's crazy. And unless Vic gets hurt or they hold him out too much. Uh, and then you got, and look, even if that happens, you got Chet, Chet's Chet Holmgren is qualified for rookie of the year. And even if that happens, you got Scoot who's going to have the ball in his hands. A ton will put up a ton of shots. Now maybe he's too inefficient. Maybe the numbers won't allow him to be in the Rookie of the Year conversation because he's going to miss too many shots. But if he doesn't, then you know I think he'll be in Rookie of the Year conversations as well. It's tough for Brandon, man. He came in uh, to a universe, uh, and we talked about this draft being a super talented draft. He came into a universe where it was going to be very difficult, even if, even if Gordon Hayward it, weren't in the picture, even if Brandon were starting I think it would be difficult. But if he's not starting, it's going to be impossible. Uh, Chase saying, will the Hornets somehow cancel out the Drake curse? I mean, you know, look, man, a lot of curses around this team. You don't you don't go 21 years without winning a playoff series without some, you know, some weird juju um, in the building that they have to, ex- to, you know, get an exorcist in Spectrum Center to figure out. I'll tell you what's not helping 
are these new shorts that I've seen, if they're confirmed, these new shorts that are reminiscent of New Orleans Hornets colors. It was always the danger when they introduced the gold color scheme as part of the Mint City scheme, because you do the gold with the mint and the black, that's super cool. You do the gold with the teal, and I think New Orleans Hornets. Gold was a big part of their whole package. (laughs) Now, what will be funny is if we get a New Orleans Hornets throwback before we get a Bobcats throwback. (laughs) That will be hilarious. Uh, But the new shorts that I saw released on X, um, leaked maybe by Fanatics, I don't know, but I think they're City Edition. Uh, but they're mixing the gold with the teal. That's dangerous. People's people who remember, there's still this like, there's still this hurt that exists. You know, I don't think it'll ever go away. It's like it's like the memory of my dear Hugo, uh, and and the pain of losing him. That will never go away. It will it will fade in intensity in time, but it will never fully go away. The Hornets leaving for New Orleans, very similar situation. The pain has, the intensity of the pain has faded in time, but I have not forgotten. I have not forgotten what George Shin and Ray Woolridge and not the city of New Orleans, but the New Orleans Hornets, what they, I don't blame a whole city, but what they took away from Charlotte, what could have been. (laughs) I just saw someone post uh, the game five of Charlotte versus the Nets which is the last time the Hornets won a playoff series was 2002. Uh, they were playing the Nets, and they lost in five games, so they, they posted that deciding game five. And I just was watching it, and it was in four by three, of course, not in widescreen, but in four by three. And I'm watching it, and I go, I can't believe, I cannot believe this is the last time the Hornets won a playoff series. It's incredible. Three, about, could be four presidential administrations. Everybody's talking about, well, the Hornets, will they win a game before the Panthers? Well, the Hornets win a playoff series. I don't care about a game. If they win a game before the Panthers, who cares? I don't care. I I want both teams to be good, but I want the Hornets to win the playoff. I want them to win in the postseason because that's what matters. That's what makes your your team matter is winning when you're on ESPN, when you're on TNT. That's what matters. And so I hope the Hornets organization understands that. I hope management understands that because if they don't, then they're going to be 30th and they're going to get a score of zero out of 100 if this continues. It's maddening. It's maddening to watch the same thing happen over and over again. But it does. But hopefully it won't. The hope, that's what beating a sicko is all about. You hold on to hope. You hope that they beat the Boston Celtics tonight. I sure do. I'm going to get off here so I can post this on audio so the audio folks can get a little bit of a taste of this show as well. Thank you so much for being a part of the live show of uh, putting your comments in here and for supporting us on every Hornets box score or subtext. Um, All of that support allows us uh, to do this show every single day for you and allows us to do it in a way uh, that, that we can put our whole selves into it. So we really appreciate it. Thanks so much for listening. Make sure you're subscribed to Locked on NBA and uh, Game to Game because the regular season is almost here. And that means that uh, with game to game, you can track all of the NBA games in one podcast. It's super cool. Um, Locked on NBA has you covered on all the national stuff. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. Go Hornets. Go America. Let's swarm Charlotte.